welcome to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council here in Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio, Trek's marketing and communications coordinator, and today we are wrapping up our Transportation Revolution podcast series with an interview with Boca Powell's principal in charge, Don Powell. Just before the holidays, I packed up the microphones and recorder and went down to Boca Powell's offices and I parked myself at Don's desk and we talked about, you guessed it, parking. We covered topics like gauging parking requirements for forthcoming developments, whether there is too much available parking in new DFW developments, and how emerging transportation technologies have caused developers to rethink their parking strategies. It was a fascinating conversation. Don launched the company now known as Boca Powell more than four decades ago and has planned and designed more than 35 million square feet of architecture and interiors. If there is anyone in this city that knows parking, it's Don. I'd like to remind you once again to subscribe to TrekCast on Apple Podcasts and rate us and write us a review. If you're not an iPhone user, you can check out this and all previous episodes of TrekCast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. That's right. We are now also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. All very exciting. Links to those platforms are available in the show notes and on our blog at recouncil.com. Follow us on social media to stay up to date on future episodes of TrekCast and everything we do here at the Real Estate Council. We are at the Real Estate Council on Facebook and at Trek Dallas on Twitter and Instagram. Before we get to our interview with Don, it's time for one last word from our Transportation Revolution podcast series sponsor, Boca Powell. I'm Chris Barnes, a principal of Boca Powell Architects in Dallas, and we've been working with Airbus and Hellasum on a new facility in Grand Prairie. Our involvement with helicopters is important as we look for the future for Uber Elevate and the type of product that they're going to use. As the Dallas-Fort Metroplex grows and expands, transportation becomes a really key issue and an important factor. So being able to move through the city via helicopter or whatever mechanism it is becomes very important. Boca Powell is moving people and companies forward. To learn more, visit bocapowell.com. Big thanks once again to Boca Powell for its support of TrekCast. Now, in the finale of our Transportation Revolution podcast series, here's our talk with Boca Powell's own Don Powell. Is there any evidence that suggests that DFW's parking supply actually exceeds the demand in office, hotel, restaurants, and mixed-use developments? Well, there certainly is, and what we find is in the suburban areas where parking ratios that are required by both the city of Dallas and other municipalities far exceeds what's actually being utilized. Now, there are exceptions to every rule, but what we're finding in uh, recent studies, one being done by Granite Properties in the last year or so, uh, yielded some really interesting facts. Uh, they have been building four parking spaces per thousand rentable square feet. That is what the investment community is looking for in their mind from an exit strategy standpoint. But the actual demand and usage of those parking spaces is less than two per thousand. So we have actually oversupplied by a factor of two in each of those suburban office buildings that were constructed at Granite Park. Uh, it's over two and a half million square feet. But at Full capacity, as we call it on Easter Sunday, uh, there will still be 47% of the parking spaces unused uh, during a typical office day. And to us, that signals 
investments that have not yielded great returns for the users because they're paying for those unused parking spaces. Uh, if it is an exit strategy, exit strategy that the developer benefits from when he sells the property, that makes a lot of sense. Granite has held their buildings, though, so they're not they're not actually realizing that potential benefit on an exit strategy because they're retaining those properties long term. So, what strategies might might be utilized to reduce parking oversupply? I think that today uh, we're not seeing standalone office buildings and standalone hotels being built as much as we have in the past. It seems a, a mixed-use component really makes a lot of sense for the users. Uh, office tenants want restaurant options. They, the lead uh, decision makers in corporations are looking for hospitality close to their office locations. So what we're finding is that we're doing mixed-use developments rather than standalone buildings. I think that Dallas does have in their code uh, provision for counter-cycling, looking at peak demand among these different uses, and there is some reduction in the parking required based on that. But I think Dallas could go further, and I've actually spoken to some of the Dallas Planning Commission members about this subject, and the idea is that in a phased development, uh, we build, build to the actual demand per phase. So if an office building or an apartment building comes out of the ground first, and we find that after having uh, established the occupancy in that building at close to full occupancy, we find that there's an oversupply of, let's say, 500 parking spaces. When the second phase is built, I would like for the city to recognize that that oversupply can be used by the subsequent phases. Now, ownership-wise, there will be challenges because there would have to be some cross-use agreement or easement between those properties among phase developers and different bankers and investors because one of the things we always face is this hidden uh, overlay of ownership and who controls those parking spaces. So instruments would have to be created that would allow parking to be shared uh, across property lines, but ultimately we could reduce the overall amount of oversupply. If we find there's an undersupply in the first phase, the code should say you must catch up in the second phase. And those spaces that would be provided in the second phase that serve the first phase under supply would then would be used the same way as we discussed previously. Got it. Okay. It, it, would adaptive reuse of garages be a realistic option? Well, this is a big subject. And the reality is people think that parking garages are flat and that we have speed ramps serving flat plates. The reality is parking garages are not flat. You, could, you can't take a parking garage and turn it into a loft apartment simply by restriping or taking the stripes out and building out space. Parking garages do slope, and they slope so that water moves. When cars come in dripping with water and snow, uh, that water has to move to drains. So we build 2% slope, and 2% slope is unacceptable for you to live in. <laughs> you don't want your furniture rolling around the room. So the notion that we have to flatten the slabs if it becomes an adaptive reuse can be done. Uh, we would need about seven inches of slope, a uh, crown in the middle of a parking row, a 60-foot wide parking row, just to shed water to the edges. So investments would have to be made up front. Increase the floor-to-floor -floor height so that we could level those slabs uh, by building out uh, an additional seven inches of fill in the corners. And then the notion of a second drain system that has to be installed initially because we'd be shedding water to both sides of each bay adds additional investment expense. Then where we have speed ramps or 5% ramps that connect different trays of parking, 
those areas virtually have to be demoed and we can design garages so that the areas that are primarily ramps or parking on ramps can be removed that is feasible and we've actually done studies where suburban garages can be converted to multifamily if the demand for parking decreases significantly so it is possible to do how does dfw compare with other major texas cities like austin like houston like san antonio well, it's, it's Dallas and Houston are very much alike. I think we we see uh, a high dependency on automobiles. Uh, when you get into Austin, I think there's a lot more pedestrian orientation. I think to some degree, San Antonio is much the same, but people tend to ride bicycles and find, have other means of transportation uh, in Austin and San Antonio. And Dallas and Houston is primarily driven by automobile traffic, but the introduction of scooters now the the bicycle phase has kind of come and gone but the scooters seem to be here to stay and the scooters do allow people to make that one to two mile commute uh, from where they live to their office so I do think that we are seeing some transportation alternatives emerge and I also think that in Dallas uh, we have a terrific mass transit system DART is a great asset to this city but in our office here in Dallas, we have 80 employees in this office. We offer DART passes to every one of our employees. Only two of our 80 employees accept those DART passes. So everyone else is still relying on conventional cars to get to work. So with these, with these emerging forms of transportation, short and long term, how can municipalities properly determine the size of their parking requirements for new projects? Well, I think smart codes in general start to look at actual demand and utilization and where we have real world evidence that we are basically creating an unattractive environment for people to live and work in, uh, you adapt over time to the changes in the market. Uh, smart streets is an invention that came into being about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, where bicycles and automobiles were designed to to co-mingle on public streets in a safe manner. Uh, I think that, again, today in Dallas, it's not as prevalent. Uh, if you go to Austin and some areas where there's more uh, mobility in terms of uh, bicycles and, and scooters there as well, you'll see the use of those lanes much more effectively used. But Dallas and Houston still tend to be much more automobile-driven. So you also mentioned uh, the scooters. You mentioned DART. Now we have the rise of autonomous vehicles and cars for hire. What impact will those forms of transportation have on the parking demands of the future? I think it's potentially huge. Now, if it, it's, I think it will almost track parallel with the advent and usage of electric cars. Uh, we are moving away from internal combustion engines no matter what. Uh, so the pollution issue, I think, is going to become a thing of the past. But when you start looking at will people give up their cars and that freedom that you have to move about, uh, that's going to be the big question. I do believe we will see people taking uh, their cars for hire to work. I think that is very real. When you look at the cost of owning an automobile, insuring it, uh, providing the fuel, it is, it is a big cost on a monthly basis, and people can can take uh, hired cars to work more cost effectively. That would also unburden the office developers from having to build a lot of parking spaces that aren't being used. So I do think we in the next, let's say 15 years, could see perhaps a 30 or 40% reduction in the demand for parking in office buildings. I don't think it will go away, 
but I think we'll get much closer to what we see in urban areas. For example, in downtown Dallas, uh, the building code and zoning requires a much lower number of parking spaces. And in downtown in the CBD, there's about one parking space per thousand square feet of office. The demand in the CBD is probably two and a half parking spaces per thousand. So that one and a half additional parking spaces is being provided for in commercial parking lots or commercial parking garages. That adds a burden of cost to the employers downtown of five to seven dollars per square foot per year in their rent or the equivalent thereof just to provide that supplemental parking. So I think if Dallas Central Business District starts to really have a lessening demand for parking, that additional burden for employee parking can come off as well. So I, I do think there's a strategy where demand is going to be reduced to uh, somewhere in that two to two and a half per thousand parking ratio, get away from the four per thousand paradigm that seems to be pervasive. Uh, that 40% reduction would have a huge impact on what, we're, what it costs to build new suburban and what I would call uptown office spaces. Uh, in the central business district, there's already an undersupply of parking based on the current demand. Thanks once again to Boca Powell for sponsoring our Transportation Revolution series and to Dom Powell for taking the time to chat with us. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or subscribe to TrekCast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Follow Trek on social media. We are at the Real Estate Council on Facebook and at Trek Dallas on Instagram and Twitter. Once again, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.